0: All right, Brant, we're back. Episode two, we made it. You excited to be here tonight?
1: Yes, sir. Let's do it.
0: All right, Friday night. We're going to jump right into it. Last time, probably bored you all with the Detroit Pistons. Maybe had just a couple of people that enjoyed that. But we're going to hit you hard right now with some Michigan football. Man, we've got college football season upon us. How are you feeling about that?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's been a long time coming, it feels like. Yeah. Um, Ever since the Super Bowl ends, it's like, let's get through the rest of college basketball, you get through March Madness, then you get, um, you know, baseball season, obviously, which uh, is a little bit better now because you can do some gambling and then the Olympics were kind of a snooze fest for me. So let's get back into some football.
0: Cool. Let's let's hop right into it today. We're going to, we're going to, our feedback that we gave to ourselves was last time was a little bit too long. So let's jump right into our topic today, Michigan football. So. My first question is, Brant, Michigan football, literally every year, we're both diehard Michigan fans, regrettably, it seems like, in recent years. And it seems like every year the hype train is there. It's like, you know, Jim made some major change, or the culture is great, feeling great about all the guys. And, you know, we in any given season, it seems like I could just check that AP poll, and we're going to be right around number 15. If the hype is really high, we might be at number 10. This year, every poll I see, we don't even break the top 25. How do you feel about that? And what does that say about this team?
1: Uh, Thank God is my first thought, uh, because there's nothing more embarrassing than being a top 15 team. We go out and beat Western by a field goal, and all of a sudden, all the hype is already over. So I think that uh, we, we just have to focus on beating Western handily if we can obviously but now there's not that pressure there's more of a chip on the shoulder and that's really what I'm looking to see is how these guys respond to um, people are expecting you to be either average or maybe just a little better than average and that's something that Michigan football isn't typically whether they should be um, thought of as a, a top tier team Uh, by the media or what have you Um, the the fact remains that the results haven't been there so what I'd really like to see is these guys play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder they should feel some disrespect Um, and that that frankly is just a good thing in my opinion Um, how do you feel about it
0: yeah I I like it I mean I think that you know how I feel I'm so I'm so sick of the the hype train I'm sick of tuning in every year and Hearing Joe Milton, how's this kid look? Well, a light comparison would be a combination of Josh Allen and Cam Newton, and then go out and great game against Minnesota. He has my hopes up, and then it just kind of fell apart. And and whether that's Joe's fault or the coach, the coaching, I'm I'm not sure. It's probably a combination of of both, but I think it's unfair to be quite honest to to put the hype around this program. I think. That unfortunately, we we tend to, even in recruiting, live and die by the the whole idea of tradition here at the University of Michigan. And the reality is, you look at these kids that are getting recruited right now, and they don't, they're not necessarily buying into that. And that's why I think you're seeing some of these top-tier recruits start to kind of fade away from the University of Michi- Michigan. Because truthfully, you look at our track record in their lifetime we've always been second to Ohio state, even in our own state, it seems, you know, we're always splitting with, with Michigan state that hasn't been a thing of the or in the past. And I I think that the reality is, and and what, what typical Michigan fan, I hope what listeners will, will realize is that we're not just a typical Homer Michigan fan. I mean, we're definitely cheering on Michigan every Saturday, but we're also realistic. And, and for me, I, I think about the expectations every year that we should be going to the college football playoff, that we should be national championship contenders. And the reality is, is that we're not We're we are in the big 10 East with Ohio state and we're not beating Ohio state this year. We're and likely next year. This is that that's going to be a work in progress. But you know what? There's not too many teams in the country that can beat Ohio State outside of Clemson, outside of Alabama, outside of in Oklahoma, Georgia. I mean, those are your top-tier teams. And and I think that when those are the goals of Michigan fans, we set ourselves up for failure. And so for me, I, I see us not ranked this year, and it's kind of nice. It's kind of refreshing in a way to say, okay, we've got to kind of earn that number for once and and not just be – well, we're the University of Michigan, so we should start out being the 12th best team in the country just because. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I kind of like that a little bit. So let's break it down a little bit in terms of just the actual team itself, looking at the roster, position groups. What what excites you this year and what, what are you most intrigued by or most um, like what are you going to be paying close attention to even week one against. Western Michigan, what's the position group or individual players that you're most excited about this year, or you just want to learn a little bit more about?
1: I just, I really want to focus on uh, the defensive line, really just as a position group for me. I think that to me coming in with a new scheme, new coordinator, um, everything that we've seen in the past has been man coverage, pressure as much as you can, and, live and die with a man to man. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit, except for at the end of Don Brown's career, I guess. But um, we're going to see a a little bit different of a scheme. Uh, I think you have the players there. Uh, I think you have the experience there uh, between the guys, you know, um, and Mozzie Smith, uh, Hinton, Hutch. I think you have guys there that have been in the program for a while. They're going to be able to make plays um and really against a subpar western team they they need to uh quite frankly and i think one of the main things is i i've seen the offense enough after the last couple of years few years with uh gaddis to say you know i'm not really excited about it you're going to have to show me um enough of the hype enough of the speed and space uh f- frankly bs uh, i'm i'm sick of hearing about it um so so I'm not really too amped about seeing that I could care less if it's Cade uh, coming out there, slinging it. Um, I'd be excited to see JJ, but I think that's also another work in progress. So not anything for me to get overly excited about on the offensive side of the ball. It's more of the defensive side and, and what this more of an experience the defense can bring. Uh, we've got some, you know, I think we got a transfer Upshaw um, that, that's looking to make an impact. And I really think that, uh, with everything that that we've had in the past coming into this year, it, it's kind of leading up to a solid defensive line, at least starting to get the push and then uh, maybe some mix on the back with the coverages and, and some of the linebackers being put actually in successful positions, something that hasn't always happened the last couple of years. I think we've had some linebackers out of position and, and things of that nature. But um, really, I'm, I'm just really excited for, um, to see what the defense can bring uh, on that side of the ball. How about you?
0: I mean, the, the, the easy way out here is to always talk quarterback. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm most excited about quarterback, but, but definitely, you know, you, you've got the five-star prospect and JJ McCarthy, right? Your, your guy sitting behind Cade McNamara. I, I did right out of the gate difference. I see this year that I did like we named a quarterback. I, I I I was so sick of going into that week one. Like it was some crazy intense battle of these quarterbacks just to find out a few weeks later that we probably made the wrong choice of who that quarterback was. So for me, for them to say that Cade Cade's our guy, I mean, of course, I'm excited about JJ McCarthy. I won't forget about Alan Bowman either, who, you know, comes with the most experience out of those three from Texas Tech. And I'm not saying he's going to uproot either of those guys and jump into that rotation, but but he's a guy I keep my eye on too. Um, just in terms of experience alone, Cade has a history already of injuries. I, I think that the thing I'm most excited about of that position group is that he's been called a leader, not just by Jim, not just by the, the you know the position coaches, but by the players too. You listen to any of these players interviewed; they've said, you know, since that kid stepped on campus, he's commanded the room. Whether he was the best player or not. He's a leader, and I think Michigan needs that. I, I think that there were players who were underdeveloped here, and the list goes on, whether that be Wilton Spate, Shea Patterson. You know, we inherited a Jake Ruddock, um, even a Joe Milton, a Brandon Peters, right, who's playing at Illinois. I mean, the good players have been here. They haven't been developed, and so I don't know what happens to the confidence of these kids, and so for me, I see Cade McNamara, I'm like, okay, that's good to hear. He's been commanding the locker room. He's a leader on the field. You know, I've seen the video clips of him just kind of commanding the huddle. To me, that, ha- that has me excited. But I wouldn't say I'm most excited about quarterback. For me, I am most excited about the running back by committee approach. You, I, I was super bummed to lose Zach Charbonnet. I was a huge Zach Charbonnet fan. But you've got Hassan Haskins. He's a bulldog. He is a, you know, he's an every down back. He's a big guy. He's not going to outrun anybody on the field necessarily, but he's a bruiser. And I like that, especially for, for Michigan football. I, I think that that's a, that's gotta be your, your go-to guy, but behind him, you've got Blake Corum who is coming into his second year and, you know, pound for pound. He there's all the players are saying he's the strongest guy on the team. You know, he's squatting the most in the weight room. He's kind of that alpha in the weight room and Mike Hart love that they bring in Mike Hart. You know, not that I get just like the rest of us. I get sick of the whole, the Michigan man thing. We got to get Michigan men, but I'd be lying. If I said, when I saw Mike Hart coming through from Indiana, that I wasn't excited. I mean, I, I, I love that guy. And, and I think he's been successful where he's gone. And so I, I see him working with those kids and, and specifically with a Blake Corum, who he recently said, if I could compare a player to myself, it'd be Blake Corum. And, you know, once again, let's call him the hype train. But I but I like that. And and, I, and it wasn't about his talent level, it's about his work ethic and just how he understands who he is as a running back. And so I'm intrigued by him. And then let's not forget RB3, (laughs) and that's Donovan Edwards. Kid out of West Bloomfield who locally has hit in every highlight reel. He's your home run hitter. This kid, in my opinion, is he could be the future of Michigan football. You've got J.J. McCarthy potentially could take over the range this year, you know, pending injury or just pending if they're not having a successful season, he is going to get snaps. Donovan Edwards, that kid can play. I, I truly think that there's one person on this team that I'm excited to see. It's him. I think he's strong enough. Even as a freshman, he's going to see playing time. My biggest question and my biggest wondering always seems to be with Michigan football is, how are they going to utilize this kid? Just like Zach Charbonnet, where it's like the talent is there, the size, the speed, it's there. You know, Zach last year takes off for like a 75-yard breakout touchdown run beginning of the season, and I feel like we never saw him again. And it, and I'm sure there's things that happen in the locker room that the rest of us don't see, but I just want to know, how are we going to utilize this kid? And And it helps that. You've got Ron Bellamy on the staff now, although he's on the defensive side of the ball. Ron Bellamy was Donovan's high school coach at West Bloomfield, literally up until his senior year. So he's familiar with his talents and how to utilize him. And and I'm excited just to see some young energy on this coaching staff. And, And this is outside of the position groups. I look at a Mike McDonald, who I'd be lying if I said I know anything about coming from the Ravens, but he's young. He's unique. He's not running all man-to-man defense. He is willing to run some zone, willing to look at patterns and and adjust and play to the strengths of his players. And to me, that's the biggest thing that Don Brown lacked. And so I'm excited. You've you've got Mike McDonald, you've got Ron Bellamy, you've got Mike Hart, young guys, who I think are going to push Harbaugh. The question becomes for me, and then we'll move on from this is, we know the ideas are there, the player relationships are there. You hear from the players, they're having fun for the first time in a long time in Michigan football. They're excited. There's music playing at the practice. It's more relaxed. It's a more player-centered atmosphere. The question remains is Jim Harbaugh ready to give up his reign of that team and his old school mentality, pound it down your throat, tough nose, you know, this and that. That remains to be seen. He seems different. He seems rejuvenated, but heck, I I would be too when I take the kind of pay cut that that guy took. So we we, we will see, but that goes from position groups all the way to to coaching for me. So that kind of leads me into, Brant, what is, and the question I I had posed to you, or I talked about asking is, what's the future of Jim Harbaugh? But most importantly, and tied into that is, what's the future of Michigan football right now as we stand today, August 27th, 2021?
1: I think rebuilding an identity. And I, I think that if we come you come away from this season, if it's five and seven, six and six, whatever we end up, even if it's middle of the road, if, if like you said, the guys are having fun, you can tell there's a different energy. Um, it's not dragging our feet to, to watch the TV this week. Um, because you get so sick of that as a fan, it's like, we know what we're going to see. And you talked about it. It's the ground and pound, and it's going to be a three and out after three and out after three and out, because we can't open up the playbook because we got to have the set with a fullback in it. You know what I mean? From third and three, instead of spreading it out. And it's just, it gets so old after seeing it time after time that I think rebuilding the identity of this whole program is much overdue. And I think with Jim taking the pay cut and, and him being willing to kind of revamp himself, I think it gives him an opportunity this year to, to rebuild that identity the way he sees it. Um, and, and you talked about it with the young guys in the, in the meetings and their ideas. I think that if you can come away with, with those guys' ideas built in with some of Jim's own ideas, you could have a really nice blend. Uh, of what this future could look like. And um, when I say five and seven or six and six, I mean, it's got to look like we're, we're building to something. It can't be the same old, same old. So um, if it's nine and three, great. Uh, all, all the better. But I don't know if you necessarily have the horses to do that right now. Um, however, we have to start building to a crescendo of now we're really excited for next season. Now we know what the future can look like. And so I guess rebuilding that identity and knowing what we're, we're going to look like next year is, is going to be what we're looking for at the end of this year. Cause I don't think we're looking for a playoff berth this year by any means. We're not looking at a big 10 championship. I don't think in my eyes. So anything to get us towards that next year of where we feel really good about maybe competing for a big 10 championship. Oh. That's okay where
0: we need to be okay I'm, a, I'm gonna cut you off because that, that's a very good take and, and I can't I think most Michigan fans can't disagree with that but I'm gonna push you a little bit here. you at, you look at any national article right now who what coaches are on the hot seat? Number one on all of those lists is Jim Harbaugh. what does Jim not just a, a feel, not just a we were close what does Jim need to do this year to keep his job?
1: I think it's pretty simple. Uh, you, have to beat, you have to beat the rival in Michigan State uh, because it's it's no longer this. There's sometimes they're a rival, sometimes they're not. It, they are a rival and you have to go out, you have to travel into East Lansing, you have to get that win, you have to compete in Happy Valley um, and you have to be competitive against Ohio State. And what I mean by that is we're not coming in and we're getting blown out by 40 points. It's got to be within two touchdowns, I think, maybe even a touchdown, what have you. But those are the three marquee games. You can toss Wisconsin in there if you'd like, and be competitive in Madison. Although we haven't won there, I don't think it's since like God, Dave. We're like the sixth grade, maybe. Gross. Yeah, right. We still believed in the tooth fairy. I don't know. At least maybe I did at sixth grade. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway, I think there there has to be there has to be some sort of Semblance of yes, we are competitive in these games. We are winning these games against the rivals, and uh, we're we're turning the corner to keep your job, Dave. Remember when we got smacked last year, um, or maybe it was two years ago against Wisconsin, and we had the hype train rolling. We were all about it, and then it was like a thirty-five nothing blowout at halftime or whatever it was. Correct. And it was so deflating because it was like, okay, here we go, Jim. We have something cooking. And then all of a sudden the whole rest of the season off the rails by beginning of October, we want to be invested in the season for the long haul. We want to be competitive. So to keep your job, get us in these damn games and keep us in them. So, so to me, that is how you keep your job is, is be competitive. Don't necessarily have to win in happy Valley. Don't have to necessarily win in Madison, but you have to come away with being in those games.
0: Okay. Okay. So once again, I don't disagree with, with your points and I want to get right into, I won't give my take on that because it's very similar to yours, but let's get into the nitty gritty, the game by game here. You look at most sports books and you're looking at Michigan, the over under wins seven and a half. And so for, I guess my first opening question to you with seven and a half wins is, do you see them over seven and a half? Do you see, a, see them under seven and a half and give me your rationale. Why without going game by game? Cause we're going to do that here in just a second.
1: I'm going to go over and I'm going to do it with the largest grain of salt. You might ever see. Um, it, it is, it is <laughs> almost begrudgingly that I am picking over. Um, because I just have to believe with with a couple of the non-conference games, a couple of the conference games that I just I look up and down it and my my gut feel and I, I try to go with my gut. Um, it's getting a lot bigger. Um, I'm, I'm saying eight. Um, I'm saying eight and we'll get into that. I know we'll do the game by game thing, but I think we're going over this year. I'm not pounding the table. Um, and I'm not mortgaging my house on it, but, but I'm feeling a, um, so, so what do you think, Dave?
0: Oh man, I am so grossly <laughs> disappointed in you. I actually, I feel my mouth is salivating right now and it's because I thought I was going to come with a hot take. Cause you know how down I am on Michigan football right mm. now. And. You, you, what did you think I was going to pick tonight? You thought I was going, you're you going under.
1: under. Yeah. I, I, I would, okay, now I maybe would have mortgaged the house on you going under. Yeah. I, I could have swore that you were going to go under. It doesn't sound like you're leaning that way, though. You no, know,
0: it's, it's funny because I could for sure see us going under, at, under that. And I, and I totally see, you know, these sports books, they know what they're doing. That's a perfect number because it, it is. is right there. I don't see us winning nine games. And I also, don't see us winning six. I think we are a seven or an eight win team. And that's just where I'm at right now. So yeah, I am at the over and maybe I'll regret that as it stands, you know, right now on August 27th, but I just have this feeling, first of all, money matters and and Jim's pride matters. And yeah. that guy is getting paid and I don't have it in front of me I should have be, uh, I should have came prepared but I think he's like the seventh or the eighth best paid coach not in the country but in the big ten and and that's a slap in the face and then you see what he's trying to do right they they've given him this contract where they could really walk away from this after this year and it was uh put up or shut up I still have questions about Ward Manuel and what he'll actually do when push comes to shove you know you know him and Jim are tight but Jim did a complete overhaul of his staff which to me is like I I loved it I I've been asking for that I feel like for forever so that was great to see but at the same time it's like I still don't know do I believe in Jim I don't know but I think when his back is against the wall he's a competitor I think he seems a little bit more fired up this year. And I do have faith in the in the new coaching staff. So for that reason alone, I I went with the over. So let's break it down game by game. Where are you at? And I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot him, I'm gonna fire him and I'm gonna go home away. Tell me who you've got winning. I'll do the same. And then we are gonna wrap this thing up here shortly. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Week one coming up very quickly next weekend, next Saturday. Thank God. God, we need college football. I'm, I'm excited. Home game, Western Michigan, Broncos come to Ann Arbor. Who do you got?
1: That's a W. I think it's not close.
0: I, I would agree with that. I think it's closer, though, than some people are expecting. But if we get the W. Washington, home game, night game win okay you've got them winning you know it's funny because i feel like normally those night games the beginning of the season some non-conference michigan seems to win those games and then we get the hype train rolling and then we end up losing to like indiana or right. you name it so i've actually got us losing to washington that night okay. 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 So that that's my that's my first loss. Week after that, we've got home game. Northern Illinois Huskies come to town. Mac, who do you got? I got us.
1: I got us uh, one and one against Rocky Lombardi. I got us. I got the revenge tour against Rocky Lombardi. So uh, we get this W.
0: God, that's so embarrassing to say that. But I I would agree. I think we beat Rocky and the boys. I think we win that game pretty handedly. I hope anyway. Next week, week four, you've got Rutgers at home. Four games in a row to start off at home in the big house. What do you got?
1: I got us another very close W.
0: Yeah, I agree. I it's think it's I think that game close. is gonna be closer than, than people are anticipating. I, I completely agree with that take. So right now, going into to, to week five, you've, you see an undefeated Michigan team. God I can already hear it. Undefeated, we just crushed September. Literally, the September heroes. That is the story of Michigan football. The hype train is rolling. Cade McNamara looks like a strong combination between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, somebody but seriously, will, you you know how this works. So somebody, I, go ahead. Somebody will
1: write the article. Cade for Heisman. Take it down. Somebody. I don't swear to God,
0: <laughs> I swear to God. And, and we're, I'm not going to dive into all these, but this one I wanted to stop at just because somebody I, wins. I had a feeling you might go undefeated Michigan. I specifically went three and one that month just for the sake of playing it cautious of, Level I, I don't want to, I do not want to hear the hype after September. Oh, okay. I'd actually almost rather be oddly enough three and one at that point. Cause we're not winning the, we're not winning right. even the big 10 East. So for me, I'd be happy with three and one, but okay. Then we come, we start playing the real dogs at Wisconsin.
1: Right. Um, let me put the Kool-Aid down. I am off. I am off the train here, but I think it's competitive. I think Michigan sticks in this one. I don't, I don't see us getting our doors blown off, um, but I don't see us winning.
0: I, I agree. I, I think we lose, though, by at least 10. I don't think it's that close. I think we, we lose to Wisconsin. I think they're they're the favorites in the Big Ten West. After that, we go away to Nebraska.
1: I hate Scott Frost, so I'm just going to come out and say we win that one. Just okay. Can't have, it. can't have him winning any games in my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nebraska's under the gun right now. They've got the issues of their own they're dealing with, and – possible sanctions or punishments for doing what they did during the the COVID year. I I think Michigan wins that one. I I would agree with you. So right now you've got a one loss Michigan team and I've got a two loss, two loss Michigan team. Thank you. So then we play a home game against Northwestern could be always an interesting game against Pat Fitzgerald.
1: This one is close, but we lose. I feel like it's just going to be one of those triple overtime, sun setting. It's a three thirty start or something like that. Yeah, it's just going to be one of those uh, cringeworthy big mistake in the big moment, and Pat Fitzgerald's running onto the middle of the field, celebrating win. I can already see it. So,
0: God, I, <laughs> this game for me, th- this is my in terms of my over under. I, I I see this exactly how you named it because you know this is going to be a three thirty game. Sun is setting. It's going to be ridiculously close. And Pat Fitzgerald is going to have that headset on. Jim's going to be crouched over on his knees looking like he actually knows what's going on. I'm concerned about it, but I do think I've, I've got Michigan winning that one. So after that, you go to East Lansing. Who do you got?
1: I think we get the revenge on Mel Tucker. I think that every – this game plays more on emotion than any other game. It's, it's, it's more emotional for Michigan fans right now than Ohio State, and I think it's more emotional for Michigan players because it's gettable. So I think that the guys are juiced up. They know what happened last year. They were embarrassed, um, and they come out and they get it done.
0: I, I'm going to say I agree, but I'm really in parentheses saying I hope so. I hope so. So home game after that, Indiana coming to town, Michael Penix, Jr. Who, who do you got there? If Penix
1: is healthy, we lose. Um, if Penix isn't healthy, I think we still lose.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, have, I have us actually winning that game. I, I think we beat Indiana. I, I see why people are high on Indiana. I see why they like them at the quarterback position. I, I think we win that game just because it, it is a home game. I, I think that's another type of game like Northwestern that's going to go late into the sun starting to set. Probably going to be some issues. I could see a triple overtime type of nonsense against them, but I think we win that one. And then after that, we go to Happy Valley. So so just to recap, sorry. Right now, I've got us at two losses, and you've got us at three. three. Okay. All right. Penn state go to happy Valley. Cause, cause now, now I'm curious because you're already at three losses and you've got us at the over. So, right.
1: So here it is. Jim Harbaugh saves his job. This is where he saves his job. This is where he saves the season enough to get us kind of hyped up. I think, I think we win this game and I don't think Penn state is as good as maybe some of the media has given them out to be. Um, uh, they're not they're they were not impressive last year and i don't think they've grown by leaps and bounds
0: okay i i i don't disagree i i don't think penn state is as good as everybody says they are but i've got a strong feeling is this time frame is a tvd game this is going to be a 7 30 kickoff in happy valley Probably a the white, whiteout game, though. Probably I was just, you beat me too. I was going to say probably a whiteout <laughs> game, and I, I just don't. I think that's good. I think that will be a game worth being on national television because I think it will be a dog fight, but I don't think we win. So so there's my there's my third loss, right? So now we're now we're tied up here. Maybe this is where we start to differ a little bit. After that, go against the Terrapins away at Maryland. Yeah, Maryland's
1: much improved, actually. And I think they're a scary team, and it's a scary spot. Um, I think they come off that big win against Penn State. Uh, They're jacked up. It's a little bit of a letdown spot. So I think it's close, but I think Michigan pulls it off in the end, riding a high.
0: Agreed. Same take as you. Last game, home home game against the Buckeyes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think uh, we both can go ahead and throw an L on there right now. But this is what I talked about before. This is where I talked about being competitive. Get competitive, make us believe. So I think Jim saves his job by doing those la- those last three games. If Penn State, you're gonna. I think he's gonna win it. I think he takes care of Maryland, and then I think we lose close to Ohio State at home. Um, their quarterback is concerning. I I don't think that. You know what you're going to – obviously, you don't know what you're going to get. But I think – it's it's not like we're scared like we were with Justin Fields, right? It's not like, oh, my God, we know this guy's a dog. So, um, I, I really think that we have a chance in this game. I do not. To be competitive,
0: not to win. I, I, I think what – I do think we'll be closer. <laughs> not close. Closer. I, I think we – a victory for me against Ohio state is staying within 14 points. I don't know what that, what, what that spread will look like, but I, if we stay within a couple of touchdowns, I'd be happy, but I for sure don't see us winning. Um, and, and, and just to wrap that up as we're about to go into the wrap, wrap the whole podcast up and going to our betting segment. I just, what's frustrating to me, Brent is, I look at the big 10 and truthfully outside of Ohio state, I don't see another team in the big 10. That's able to not only recruit the talent that Michigan has, but that has the talent that Michigan currently has. And what's frustrating to me is we're talking about an over under of seven and a half wins. And to me, and this is my hot take this is exactly what defines the Jim Harbaugh era. Era. There's not a team in the Big Ten that has more talent than Michigan, player by player, position by position, besides Ohio State. And here we are talking about an over-under of 7.5. And And so to me, that's why I go into the season with a chip on my shoulder. It's not against anybody else. Is against the Jim Harbaugh era. I want to see what this guy can do at this point. I understand he's had his 10 win seasons. I, I get all of that, but but you know what? Who is he developed? You get a Jabril Peppers. You get Daxon Hill right now on this roster, five-star kid. What does he end up to be? If he's playing in the league and he's a good player and it takes him a couple years to get there. My my thing is, and that's my big question, Mark is. Why are we even talking like, I've got this loser's mentality of like, uh, we might lose to Indiana. Well, Rutgers is going to be a tough game. Rutgers doesn't have half the talent as the University of Michigan. And to me, because we both hesitated on that pick, to me, that defines the Jim Harbaugh era. And so I I don't know if you have any quick, very quick takes on that, but then we're going to get into the betting segment and wrap this up no let's keep
1: it moving right to the betting
0: okay so this year and and last we got income prepared for, with with my uh my my betting segment so this year you you're you're the one who posed this question actually so i'm gonna let you I'm, I'll, I'll let you send it my way
1: yeah okay so um as i'm a little bit of a degenerate i was kind of surfing around i've got some futures bets out there so i wanted to bring this to you i think the big 10 east is not really a money maker as far as ohio state goes i think they're like minus 500 to win the big 10 east which makes sense but you can't you know it's, you can't make money on it to me anyway um anyway uh the big 10 west is where i think you can get some money uh so so dave um i will read off I will read off the odds and just tell me who you think. Tell me two things, who you would put your actual money on. And then two, who is the best value? All right, we have Wisconsin at minus 115. You get Iowa at plus 185, Minnesota plus 1,000, Nebraska plus 1,100, Northwestern plus 1,600, Purdue plus 3,000, and Illinois plus 5,000. For your money, who are you taking good, good to, to be your to no. be your uh, to be your to be your bride, and then who's your mistress?
0: Okay, <laughs> so my my bride is is certainly Wisconsin. I, yeah. I just it, when I look at the teams in the Big Ten West, almost it makes me think like, no, we we don't need to realign anything. Actually, never mind. It, that would just be a plug for Michigan <laughs> to all of a sudden go to the Big Ten that, West. But, yeah, let's not do that. But. No, I, Wisconsin is the is the easy pick for me. I obviously see why they have them favored to win it all. But if I'm going to – I don't love those odds because, to me, I, I look at that and I'm like, okay, Wisconsin's not like light years ahead of Minnesota or Northwestern right. or I, Iowa. I've, I definitely see them as a favorite. What did, what did you say those odds were at for, for Minnesota? Plus one. They are
1: plus 1,000.
0: Okay, so that's my pick. <laughs> and, and I and I tell you, not not my pick to win it. Cause I think it's Wisconsin. But if I'm a right. betting man, yeah. I'm so a you man, have a
1: free free one hundred dollars to throw yeah, on whoever you want.
0: Sure. Yeah. Give me that one thousand dollars. I, I I take Minnesota just because I think a lot of people will take Iowa because they ended last year in a hot streak. I think they won like five or six games straight to close out the year. Um. I I understand that, but for me, it's Minnesota. I I do. Maybe it's my, I mean, I couldn't stand PJ like I'm, you know, I'm a CMU grad Western guy there, but I kind of believe in what he's building there. And in a regular year, non COVID, I, I kind of see how he can shift that culture just enough to put them over the edge and kind of be that team. That's right on the brink. My team right behind that, just so you know, is actually not Iowa, I just feel like Northwestern is just that wild right. card. You just feel like Pat Fitzgerald. Right. Dude, he just gets those kids ready to play. So so that's where I'm at with that. I Wisconsin's my pick to win it. After that, in terms of betting actual money, it goes M- Minnesota and then it goes Iowa for me. Who do you got?
1: Yeah, I already have the bet placed for Minnesota. So you kind of nailed it right on the head. I have 25 to win 275 on these guys. And I think it's just... It's not to me, it's not easy money, but it's a value pick. Um, So if you are looking out there for next week and you're kind of surfing around, look at the Big Ten West. uh, If you got a little extra cash floating around um, and you can make some money off Minnesota and like Dave said, Northwestern. So uh, look for those two. Um, Stay away from Nebraska, Iowa, if if it's my money. Stay away from those two. I don't trust them. So um, on top of that, I just want to end with I got a couple bets tomorrow with college football week zero, right? Um, you
0: know. <laughs> it's confusing to me. But yeah, yes. and
1: then next year we'll have week negative one. Um, so mm-hmm. so this next uh, tomorrow with week zero, we're gonna have um, I'm gonna take Illinois. They're plus two twenty against Nebraska. Uh, I believe they're home actually, if I have that correct. Um, I think. And then uh, that's a good value bet for me. And then I'm hitting, and Dave, I have to go a little off the beaten path here. And I'm taking Hawaii and UCLA with the over. I think it's like 67 points or something. But you have two offenses that, you know, will light it up and nobody's going to play defense in that game. It's an early start. They're going to score probably around 80 80 points, I think. So those are my Brant's best bets, we're calling it. Self named,
0: yeah. I get it. I mean, do you want my do you want my takes on those or?
1: Yeah, give me all your takes on those. Let me let me hear what you think.
0: I mean, the Hawaii game. I yeah, I, I would take I would take the over on that for sure. Um, and and yeah. in terms of in terms of Nebraska, what's the so Nebraska Illinois. Did you, you were taking the money line on Illinois? Yeah,
1: I'm on the money line. I'm sorry. I didn't say that I'm staying away from the spread. I want nothing to do with that. Just give me Illinois winning probably late, whatever. Hate Scott Frost. I can't say it enough. We might just name this podcast. Hate Scott Frost. I don't know.
0: Okay. I mean, I could get down with it, but um, in in terms of the money line, I, I do go Nebraska on this. I don't, I mean, Coming into the podcast, I did check out that game actually, because I thought you might ask me about it. And I think it was at six and a half. I don't see them covering six and a half. And maybe I'm off with that. Don't quote me on it, but I don't have it in front of me. I think it's me, six but, and a half or seven. Yeah. I I, I don't see them covering that, but I do see them winning the game. So um I, I just don't. I mean, God bless you, Brandon Peters is nothing against <laughs> you or what Jim Harbaugh didn't teach you, but uh right. Yeah, that's where I'm landing with that one.
1: All right. I'm rolling with Peter's tomorrow.
0: Okay. All right. That wraps up episode two. Once again, we went longer than we anticipated. We've got to work on that. But um, thank you. And and at some point, we will have a official name for this podcast because at this point, I'm going to guess how many followers do you think we have?
1: We are between 10 and 20.
0: I can tell you that's a solid number. Get out of here. Uh,
1: But I can also tell you that we'll be on Apple Podcasts here uh, probably this weekend. Hopefully, we will be up and we will be on Apple Podcasts so you can find us.
0: Perfect. If we're between 10 and 20, I will be signing autographs in my garage likely on (laughs) Sunday. So on that note, we will see you guys for episode three. We're going to... We're coming up to the NFL football season. We are going to obviously be coming up to the college football season. Lots of betting, lots of Michigan football. We'll touch on Michigan State because we have to, uh, but we look forward to the next episode. So thank you for listening.
1: All right, see you, Dave.